Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of our Tea to Green Winter Rules Podcast presented by Golf Dojo and our great panel, Ryan Colziel, PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Jeff Blank, and speaking of Golf Dojo, Tom Coppola from Golf Dojo is with us here, one of the co-owners, and uh, we're going to be with you here, as always, Winter Rules, Tea to Green, presented by Golf Dojo, as we are broadcasting live from the TD Green Studios inside Golf Dojo on Transit Road, the Williamsville location, and also a new location upcoming here, as we'll uh, be excited to talk about that here in just one moment. But of course, a big week for golf, and if you're a fan of golf, then you're a fan, of, I'm sure, of watching Tiger Woods. He played this past week in the Hero Challenge, so we'll, we'll have our thoughts on what Tiger did. Wait, people watch Tiger Woods play golf? They do. It's amazing. Oh. It's weird. It is, it is. Something new. Scotty Scheffler won. Scotty learned how to putt, Jeff Blank. Scotty learned how to putt with a new putter. That was interesting. As well, yeah. Yeah, that putter wasn't, uh, maybe the, the brand and the style was a surprise. Yeah. I, I, I like that you go to the new putter. Then it's you know got to be the new putter. It has it's got to be do the with new all putter. the Something work you put in on the greens. Or He's maybe been just, putting work in for how many years? Yeah. The only yeah. thing he changed was the putting. That's right. Well, well, putter. It may last a week, but we'll see. We'll see and we've got Rory McElroy's comments on the golf ball rollback topic that we discussed quite frequently last week. So that's all coming up here uh, over the course of our Winter Rules podcast. Speaking of Golf Dojo, where we are in our TD Green studios today, Tom Coppola is with us from Golf Dojo. If you've listened to our previous shows here uh, from Golf Dojo, Tom's been a guest with us from time to time. Hi, Tom. Brian, how are you? Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us, I should say. Absolutely. I love, uh, I love being on the show with you guys. Yeah, we love having you. So uh, let's not waste any time here. I know you've got an exciting announcement. Big reason why you're with us here for today's podcast. Um, we got new news on location number two, correct? We do. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great listening to you guys at the top of every show uh, for winter, winter Rules talk about uh, and tease the idea of, of uh, our second location opening. We now officially are, are ready to announce that this Friday, uh, December 8th, we will be open at 10 a.m. Uh, booking is actually now available right now. You can start to book uh, the Niagara Falls Boulevard right now. So we're really excited. Um, it's been a lot of hard work. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable to think what 18 months have brought, but uh, all of a sudden we have 10 bays available to our uh, to our great members and to the public for uh, indoor golf and uh, really what, what we think of as a golf gym. Yeah, plus it's it's super cool. It's uh, if you if you've been to the this space, then you, you'll you'll really appreciate the new space. Very very similar. Just a few things we've learned from this location, brought over to the new location. Uh, Going to be tons of fun. I just remember being here with you a few years ago when the, you guys were constructing this location, and you know we were here for a show to kind of announce the opening, and all the the fun and excitement that you guys had, and now to uh, have so much success that you want to kind of spread out the fun elsewhere, I think is, is great. So just getting to know you and Max personally, too, I'm just I'm excited for both of you. So congratulations thank, on that. Thank you so very much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, success is the key word there because it's been popular, and there's a reason it's popular because it's a, it's a cool space and it's a, it's a fun place to enjoy golf. It is, and, and, and I think that, uh, you know, we, we, we hit something early and, and kind of at the right moment, both with the uh, where technology was in, in the golf industry and also with where interest was after COVID, right? And so uh, we're excited for that. We really think that we've done the best uh, uh, we can to replicate the outdoor experience, um, although, of course, you never can. Um, but if you're going to have to play some golf in the winter here in Western New York, we really think that um, uh, our, our model works for people. Yeah, people like it. Yeah, so just 
give us a quick little maybe insight on just developing a second location and like just all the work and effort that went into it. People are going to walk in and see it looking Should you tell them shiny story? and brand new, but there's a lot, you know, a lot of hard work behind it other than, you know, people are going to walk in and say, well, they put down turf, they bought track bands, but there's a lot that you guys went into. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, a, a great question. And Jeff kind of alludes to it here. What's interesting is um, the reason why Max isn't with us is because he's busy uh, working 24 seven on, on the new location. Um, and that's really been uh, an unbelievable project that he's taken on. What I, what I think you will find when you walk into 1154 Niagara Falls Boulevard is that the brand looks the same, right? Space is the same once you once you close those doors. Yep. Yeah, and 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 we we find that to be pretty neat, right? That you're going to walk in whether it's here on Transit or or on Niagara Falls Boulevard, you're going to walk in and say, "Oh, that's Golf Dojo." Yeah, and it's cool to to build a brand, and that's been that's been a really neat part of this. Um, there are there are great venues in Western New York to practice and to play indoor golf uh, throughout the winter. And, and we're a fan of all of them. We think that there really is some, some, some great opportunities. We, we think that our differentiator is, is that this is the place where if you want to build a habit of playing golf, we're the place to do it. We have great membership models, right, that make it really affordable for you. And then after that, you, we do have the privacy. You can close the doors, and it's your space, and it's that illusion of privacy that you share that you have on the golf course, too. Right, and it's 24-hour access, which people like, and the top technology, and like you said, the private bays, and we don't have a bar. We're not selling you anything when you walk through the door or anything like that. So Yeah, no, just really it's a boutique gym, right? Yeah. yeah. If, you're into golf, if, you, if you're into golf and you want to make it a habit, we're going to make it affordable for you. And Jeff Blank, I know, you know, for someone that you love to – Look at data and practice and adjust and, you know, tinker here and there. Like, I think... Maybe switch putters every week. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This is, a, this is a place that if you like to get that information accessible, um, it's right there. You, you swing and it's all sitting right in front of your eyes. That's the, the beauty of it for me. I yeah. mean, many, many years ago before we had this type of venue available to us, I always kind of wanted to know to the, to the yard when I'm hitting each club. Now, I'm a numbers guy. Jeff might say, hey, it's a range here and there, but this is exactly what I wanted to do in the offseason. This is where you test certain things, certain clubs. You might change clubs, see how you're doing, compare like, three different sets of irons and see which one you like better. What do the numbers say? Like when uh, you squirted water on the golf balls. Remember that? Yeah, so I did a, I did a yeah, test here to, to see change. what the spin yep. rates were. If you have a, a waterlogged golf ball versus a dry one, you, this is the time you can do that. That's the beauty of winter in western New York is you can test certain things. So, I mean, when you're in the summer in Texas or whatever, you're playing golf all You don't have that necessarily that time to dedicate to I always thought it was your numbers. great time to get better. Because you because you, you, you were away from the golf course and you could work on the things you needed to work on in your motion or your swing or your body or or a certain part of your game where you hit a weakness. Hey, now it's time to make that a strength. So I can I hey, throughout the winter I can figure something out and get way better at one aspect of my game and 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 that's what I like about it. I got to go back to the marketing piece though too because I gotta I gotta thank you guys congratulate you guys for it. the dojo is just a great nickname for the place. I my son wakes up this morning. Can we go to the dojo today? It's it's just everybody knows cool it name. by that name. It's yeah. a really cool, cool nickname for the place. So yeah, and we think that the, uh, thank you so much. We do think that the name really represents what we're trying to be. Right? It is a it is a studio. It is a uh, place a space, of learning. A space what it's of learning. Yep. Place of learning. Yep. Yeah. So so we 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 uh, we're excited about that. But thank you very yeah. much, Tom Capola from Golf Dojo, with us here on our Winter Rules podcast, along with Jeff Metis, Jeff Blank. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for being with us here with our weekly Tea to Green podcast. And I'll just say this individually for me, I, you know, there, there's an attraction for everybody individually. They all have their own reasons why they might like this setup. For me, I 
when it's nice out, I struggle with discipline of practicing on the range because I want to play. Because it's nice out, and we live in Buffalo, and there's not a ton of nice days exactly. to play. So I know my the the you know what is it the right side of your brain that is that the, I don't know was that I the, forget which the one it is too yeah the side of the brain that I know logically says Brian you need to practice more Brian you need to know your yardage is better you need to practice different types of shots um, but when it's nice out and I go to the course and then it's open I'm like I just want to play yeah, try to shoot a score. <laughs> I want to play right yeah. and I want to shoot a score yeah so because I can come here now I know like you had said the true word of a, a gym of a practice facility like. This is a spot where I really can do it, and I can get feedback. Yeah. And you know, working with Jeff Metis is amazing. But if Jeff's unavailable, I have all the information on the screen. That's a piece. Now, you know, Jeff's eyes and expertise are incredible, which is also another piece that you know I'll let you talk about in a second, Tom. But the fact that I can get that immediate feedback with the numbers and how good TrackMan is with doing that, which you guys you know go with the top of the line brand, that's important. Uh, I think that's very valuable too. Yeah, you, you know, um, last night and this is this is true. It's going to sound like I'm making this up for marketing purposes, but uh, last night I was here, and in one bay we had a, a young woman who was just grinding. She was at the she was on the range function and just practicing, yeah. right? In the next bay we had a young couple that was on a date. The bay next to it, it was two old friends that had talked about how they had played every course, and they sat at the desk for, with me for a while and just talked about every course that they had played, and they were in here playing a course. And then we had two young dads that had just put their kids to sleep. And, and came and, and they could finally find an hour or two hours uh, to play. And so that's what we really, uh, Jeff and I talk about this a lot. The fact that we have uh, created a space that is accessible to everybody is something that we're really proud of. I agree. And Jeff, you obviously, with your, you know, your years of giving lessons and all, all your PGA expertise and work like that, uh, being a part of Golf Dojo means we, you have better access to Jeff Metis, which <laughs> yeah. is good. Aren't you lucky? Aren't you lucky? <laughs> That's right. So, think of all the people that are yeah. saying that right now. Tom, <laughs> how how does how is Jeff involved in all this for everybody? Yeah, so so Jeff is our director of golf. He's been with us obviously since really the inception. As as Max and I sat down and started to think about it, we were connected with Jeff, and uh, we knew immediately that we needed him to be part of our team. Um, obviously, I I think he's the best teacher in Western New York. I say it every time I'm on here. If you watch him with whether it's. Uh, you know, young kids or, 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 or beginner golfers or somebody who's really good. Jeff's the best person to learn from in Western New York, and so you can book lessons with him online. And ultimately, um, we felt it was important to have a, a credible golf place, right? There's, there's great places to play. They're a lot of fun. We believe that the, the credibility that Jeff brings uh, is important. And so if you come here, you're going to get better if you want to. All right. Tom Capol. Oh, we try to make it fun, too. You walk in the door, it's a... Still a club. It's still a club atmosphere, and people, you know, create relationships and hang yeah. out with people, and people we're here to get better, and that's fun. Yeah. You know, it's nothing more fun than giving someone a little a little tip, and then all of a sudden, hey, that worked great. Yeah, look at my numbers go change in the right direction on that. Yeah, that's right. So, Tom, if they if if they are listening to this and maybe have come here before, but maybe um, aren't a member, like what what does the membership involve? Absolutely. So for twenty bucks a month, and I listen to Jeff every week talk about this, and he does such a great job. Right, it's a no brainer. 20 bucks a month, uh, you're going you're gonna to gain 24-hour access, club storage if you want it, um, $10 off every hour that you book, uh, and, and a priority booking window. Let me also say all of our memberships are available at both locations. So if you get a Golf Dojo membership, you can use all 10 bays uh, as a member. We also have a membership plus, which is $200 a month, uh, and has all of those benefits of being a member, but also eight prepaid hours. And so again, if you want to make it a habit, and you want to you golf a lot in the winter, we're the place that you can do it affordably. Yeah. Excellent. MyGolfDojo.com is the website. Also, you can you know find them on our social media pages there as well uh, at MyGolfDojo. And uh, yeah, Tom, I just you know I'm super pumped for you guys. I uh, I can't wait to get over there and see the finished 
product of it. Tell everybody exactly where it is located, because Niagara Falls Boulevard, we know, is a uh, a large street. <laughs> so, so first, first of all, uh, really genuinely, on behalf of Max, just the the, the the partnership that we've formed and the friendship that we've formed with, with Tita Green has been awesome, too. And so thank you, uh, not just to you guys, but also, of course, to Kevin, uh, who have really been champions and, 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 and supportive of this all the way through. Um, the Niagara Falls Boulevard location is at 1154 Niagara Falls Boulevard. It's the corner of Niagara Falls Boulevard and Briarhurst, which is directly across from... Um, Chili's. The, 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 the Chili's that is there at yep. the Boulevard Mall between Sheridan and Maple. So 1154 Niagara Falls Boulevard. So the beauty of that is I got uh, family that's probably two minutes away from Gulf Dojo and Niagara. So when there's parties, I can just, just skip out. You don't have to Sneak out and uh, <laughs> play a few holes. I thought you just, I thought you were just saying, I thought you were going to say you had free babysitting right there. So well, mate, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> and just drop them, right. drop them off. Well, hey. now, no, now the kids want to go. That's right. That's right. I'm not even allowed to go alone anymore. I got to I gotta bring the kids. They <laughs> the, love it. The video you showed me of when your kids were in here was awesome. They were into it. It's yeah, a cool. It's, cool. A, it's a nice, safe space for the kids. It's, you know, as long as do you, you have your kid shafts tipped out or do you have nothing like yet? <laughs> no, no. I did cut down a couple of my clubs for right. my daughter who's left lefty right now. But Jeff, yeah, we, is, talked uh, about we talked that. about yep, this. The weight we're, of we're trying to junior clubs is yeah. important. Jeff has something against lefties. It's fine. No, I have something against putting kids in <laughs> adult clubs. It makes it very difficult. <laughs> Why is that, by the way? Just the weight. The weight. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, because kids clubs, like if you go to U.S. Kids or another brand like that or a product, the shafts are much lighter, much more flexible, make the game much easier. If you take a, an adult club and you cut it down, first of all, the lie angle's wrong. The angle of the shaft goes into the head. And secondly, that shaft is too heavy and too stiff for them to have any kind of success. It'd be very, very difficult. This is why you go to Jeff. Mm. This, is, this has got to be the only right? podcast in the world where someone is talking about an 8-year-old or 10-year-old's lie angle. It's got to be, yeah, right. it's yeah, be the only one. Good point. <laughs> good point. I would agree. But I feel strongly about it. That's why I jump in. That's yeah. right. <laughs> now, I've, you know, and I've been here a few times since the weather's turned. It's been great. I bring my son, Jack. He loves playing. We actually, last time we were here... Segway, right? This is, you know, this is why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> Segway, we played Albany Golf Club in here because yep. we were watching it on TV. And of course, that's where Tiger Woods played uh, this past week in the Hero Challenge. Uh, Scheffler wins, plays amazing. We'll get to him in a minute, but, you know, people are going to want to talk about Tiger and what he did. Um, Jeff, from what you got to see, what do you think of his swing? You love analyzing people's swings. What do you think? You know, it was interesting. There was some good side-by-sides from Tiger from like 2012 and today, and there's very, very little difference. Maybe how he releases his upper body is definitely stronger than it was. He looks like he can move. He also looked like he was struggling with some of the some of the walking and some of the fatigue at certain points. Um, and he, but he seemed encouraged, which was interesting afterwards. That he was, you know, hey, I play once a month, and I have a uh, two weeks off, and one week to rev up, and one week for a tournament. And I think that's quite doable. And it does seem like that might be a, a good path for him going forward. You know, that gets all the majors and sawgrass and things like that if he wants to compete or Bay Hill or whatever it is. I do think there's a chance. I, I still think he's got he's got a ways to go before he's competitive with the best players in the world. That's a limited field. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a no-cut event. Uh, it's probably set up pretty nice for Tiger since he's the chairman. He's running that thing. But um but it was great to see him. I think he he's moving well. He's still very strong. He's still very fit. He can still play. Um, he's just not at the level of his peers right now. And that and that, and that you know, hey, I don't care who you are. You're, if you're not competing, competitive golf. That was his first competitive tournament in seven months. That's vastly different than walking around with your son and uh, playing with your buddies over at uh, Lake Nona or wherever he might be. One thing I think I was encouraged by was the fact that he started so well in each round. So to me, I'm saying okay. When he's fresh, this is what you get. Mm -hmm. 
Now, in almost all but the four first rounds, holes were easier. Okay. <laughs> well, yes. It, now, and I, I'm going to say this. You're right. There are some finishing holes that are challenging, but where where did Tiger give some back? It was down the stretch, those final holes. And he mentioned, he said that there was some fatigue, and he said even just rust in terms of how he f- he goes finishing out. He goes, I just haven't been able, I haven't had to like have that focus for a while because he hasn't played competitive golf that well. So here's to hoping that okay. A fresh tiger, look what he could be capable of. If he does play a little more, build up a little bit more stamina, maybe you know that'll lead to him having more better final scores when he's done. Certainly. You know, it was interesting uh, in that first round on the 14th, right, the par five, when he, when he hits it and should have taken the unplayable and, and then ends up having to hit, you know, he makes double bogey because he hits it twice out of the bushes there. Uh, you could see him not be able to concentrate, right? And he doesn't have Joey on the bag, right? So he, does, he didn't have a, a, a true... He looked hurried. He looked like... Yeah, he looked haphazard almost. Which and at the end of the day, that's that's what it's going to be. Can can he finish? Can he get to a place where he can stay? He talked about it, right? Get that that, that mental rust out uh, so that he can stay focused. But it was really interesting to watch because he looked like us, right? You hit the ball in the bushes, and you're like, geez, I just want to get out of here. And he, and he tries to whack it out and ends up uh, with a double. The he, thing that encouraged me was his putting stroke. I thought I thought he, he had a well, lot man. of really good like I you know he's always been the best putter in the world and I've always really closely scrutinized how he putts and you know he hit some beautiful beautifully stroked putts he might have missed a couple here and there ripped a couple through the breaks but he was uh, he looked like he his putting stroke was solid there's no yippee there's no there's no old yeah. man shakes in there or anything like that and that's where the data can kind of lie to you a little bit he was not good with his iron play. He, he did not put the ball close. He didn't hit a lot of greens of regulation. I thought his putting was very well, but he was actually 19th out of 20 in strokes game putting. But I think that's because he wasn't hitting it as close to the hole. And he's he's got to get used to this ankle now. It's fused. It's going to be a different kind of release pattern as he comes to, you know, downswing. I don't know, Jeff, you can speak to that. When you don't have the mobility in your, your trailing ankle to kind of turn, you're not pushing off the ground as much. And now he's got to get used to that that new swing in a way, too, in addition to the mental and the stamina. Yeah, I'm sure there's physical limitations, as yeah. we all have as we get older, and he's uh, physically overcome mo- mo- most of them. I didn't see too many limitations in his move, like mm-hmm. when you watch him swing physically. Um, you know, he has a little less width. He's probably a tiny bit less flexible at the top of his backswing. I also think it's because he's bulkier. You know, his shoulders and arms yeah. are bigger than he was 10 years ago or whatever. But, um, but you know, I think, it, you know, at the pace he's going, it'll be entertaining. Are my hopes high for him? I don't know. You know, maybe... Maybe yeah. by the Masters, maybe he can get a you know get get it going once or twice, but uh, but it's going to be tough to beat the best players in the world if you're not competing three out of four weeks a month. Who caddies for him? Uh, I want the job. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's going to be interesting, right? It, it, right. Uh, Joey's not coming back. No, nope. there, there's yep. been all sorts of sorts of speculation. Freddie Couples put his name. Yeah, in the hat, yeah, in, in the hat for Riviera, right? Yeah, his buddy I, who runs place. his foundation caddying for him. Freddie, who might have a worse back than him, is going <laughs> to carry the bag, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so you know. Two guys I, with bad backs. Yeah. In his case, you know, he's such he's such a veteran player at this point that the caddy almost is, I mean, it's an asset, but it's not a make-or-break deal for his game. But what, but, and you tell me, what it could do is help him finish, right? That That's what that person can do, stay, stay focused and finish. All right, hear yeah. me out. Limited. He's going to play what once a month. He said. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What's, what's Stevie up to? Yeah, he might be. He had to put a shirt on. That'd be a problem. <laughs> but the. Um, but you know what? That's also competitiveness too. Like you're not used to being in that round. And and a good caddy. It's not necessarily keeping you focused. It's keeping you relaxed and in between shots, like distracting you and and getting you ready to hit the next shot or helping you make decisions. I I don't think there's many better decision makers yeah. in the history of golf than Tiger Woods. And part of it is because. 
if you could execute anything you want, it's easy to make good decisions, right? Yeah. Hit a seven iron from and uh, the Canadian Open from 250 yards over a lip of a bunker to eight feet. That's a good decision if you can pull it off. Yeah. The aggressiveness that he had at yeah. times, you think, my goodness. But if he knows he can pull the shot off, right. then hey, swing with confidence and go, right? Right, yeah. There's no one more confident. There's probably not a more confident athlete in, in history than Tiger, maybe. I don't know. It, it's great that he's playing again because we get to savor the greatness, right? Oh, yeah, and, right. and just and, relive it. And it's yeah. unbelievable to think that this is going to be a, obviously a generational talent, not just in golf that transcends golf and just it's really cool it's incredible too that these other players including players that are you know world number one walking around saying like how giddy they are that he's playing in this event a guy that obviously ultimately they're still trying to beat but because they grew up idolizing him or they've seen him win so often they know what he means to the game the fact that you have these players that are major winners that have incredible resumes in their professional golf career you still ask them about this event, and they are so excited that Tiger's back playing again, even before they want to talk about their own game. Would you have watched it if Tiger wasn't playing? You'd have watched much less. Much less. I, much less I don't think golf. I would have watched. I, I, watch, I watch probably much more golf than the average person. I just love having it on in my house. I feel yeah, like yeah. It, but get, with Tiger it puts me on in a good frame of mind. But with Tiger on, I was intently watching. Correct. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's, it's only good for golf, and I would love nothing better than to see Tiger in contention in something, you know, and just have yeah. a chance to win. And you, you mentioned Scotty and, and some of the younger players. I don't know if you caught the quote from Scotty, just looking down the range and hearing the sound that Tiger makes when he's hitting hitting balls. He said he's different than the rest of us. They can even tell on, on, on the range just that the sound that his strikes make that he's he, a different breed. Yeah, his iron compression is is, is insane. Yeah, it's the best there ever was. And yeah. you said, Jeff, when you were working the range at the PGA at Oak Hill, mm-hmm. you know, you – even brought me in that one time. You're like, come on, just watch these guys on the range. And you just like, listen to that. Even the difference between a great amateur player and these pros, just the right. difference there of how different you hear them when they hit the ball flush time after time after like time. Like you go to the Porter Cup, you hear some nice sounds. You yeah. hear kids rip shots. But then you go to a tour event, and it's even it's even a level above that. And then there's then there's Tiger. You know? <laughs> yeah, and then Tiger. so, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, even at his advanced age, he's still a pure ball striker. He's still... He's still inside that body and not as good as does this Kevin say this last week? I'm not as good as I once was. Kevin bringing up country songs is a little scary uh, for yeah. me, but yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's great to have him back. It's great to watch him play. It's great to see him strutting down the fairways. It's great to see him even I love watching him pitch and chip the ball too. You know, that to me that's what's really made him you know, he was always a great ball striker, but his short game and his putty, he there's no one that ever put it better than Tiger Woods. I would agree. So Scotty Scheffler wins. He wins by three over Sepp Straka, by four over Justin Thomas. Um, what did we learn, Jeff Blank, about maybe what Scheffler's season will will start out I, like here from that? I, did we learn anything other than I, the fact we know, I don't know he's what, the I, best in the world right now? What I learned is if he putts like this, he's going to win multiple majors this year. Do you have any info on the putter? He changed yep, to Olsen, kind of more of like a blade, does right? he have Olsen Golf. <laughs> he has two of them. He bought them this week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Olsen Golf is the name of the company, and it's actually a, a very similar model to the Scotty Camler, uh, Cameron that he had. So it's not a huge diversion away, away from uh, it might, might just be a different feel, something like that. Maybe slight changes to the head shape, uh, but for the most part, it, it's a pretty similar part. It also looks like he's shaken up some of his sponsorships and stuff with Nike and, Taylor and all the different companies that he's yeah. been working with. He's maybe starting to search for some new... Some yep. new avenues, some new windows that maybe aren't the uh, traditional path. Yep. He's also using the the super stroke 
grip as well, a little thicker grip than maybe what he's used in the past. Yeah, that's something I think everybody, as they get older, does. It yeah. just takes a little bit of the, the rotation out of the but face. But again, if he cuts like this, man, it's going to be tough to beat. Yep. yep. So we probably, for the, for most of these big names, and there's you know a ton of big names in this 20-man field, We the next time we'll see a lot of them together will be at the turn of the calendar year, that Century Tournament of Champions when they go out to Hawaii for the two events there and the Sony Open. Uh, that's when you'll see quite a bit of those players. As we mentioned, Tiger did seem to allude that maybe we'll see him at the Gen- Genesis Invitational in February uh, at Riviera, and then he hopes one a month from that point. And we were kind of thinking that could maybe mean the players. Yeah. Um, he was very positive you know. after the round yeah. about being able to maintain that. He was asked that, what would your schedule look like, you know, into the year before the tournament. And he said he's hoping once a month, and then they asked him after. He said there's really no reason after this event why that would change. Now, who you might not see, John Rahm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's yeah, right. Another we, story. Another yeah. story. We keep getting a lot rumors of rumors all the time about Rom and Liv. Um, you know, some sources are saying that there's going to be an announcement any day now. Yeah. Uh, but we've heard a handful of these John Ron rumors over the last six hundred million. What years? Different numbers so. out there. I feel like last year we went through the same song and dance with John Ron. Yeah. And ultimately, and there was a Cantley Shoffley rumor as well. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they're still here too. I feel like. If it was going to happen, like we would have heard it by now. So I guess maybe in that sense, if you're a fan of John Rahm staying with the PGA Tour, the, the less every day that goes by, the better. The, di- the difference this year, though, is that last year when those rumors started, Rahm got out in front of it. Good point. Right? And he, yes. And he, and he talked about how he had made enough money and that this was about legacy and, and playing in the tournaments that he grew up watching. We haven't heard from him in a week. No. And, that, and that's the part that has me at least thinking – Maybe there's something here. But are, where are these rumors coming from? They're coming from a website I've never heard of. You know, I mean, it's I've heard of it. So, yep. yeah, it's not it's not, it's not a reputable website. It's yeah. Not, but it's, the easiest way to put it to bed? Is get out in front of it he put, shut he, it down. He puts a statement out that says, this is all nonsense, and, and I, I can't wait for my uh, yeah. tour schedule. And now uh, other players are being asked about it but in the media, too. So and, and, and not really. Not, <clears throat> they don't not know dismiss, the answer. But they're not dismissing it. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's just what feels a little different. Who knows? And Hope he doesn't. And the there is always the fact that we know Rom and Mickelson have a tight connection. Yeah. And yep. that, of course, you know Phil State. is working State. on that. And they are, you know, Phil was very instrumental in kind of getting Rom's name out there, like, hey, this is a star. And I think, I'm sure Phil is doing everything he possibly can to try to get John Rom over there. He wants another feather in his cap of, look, you know, look who I recruited. Yeah. I recruited maybe the biggest name there is to live now. Look at that. And, you know, to kind of, you know, it seems like Mickelson's mission right now in his golf life is to try to stick it to the PGA Tour as much poss- as much as possible, which is weird because that's kind of how he got his claim to fame, playing right. great on the PGA Tour. But anyway, and I don't want to spend any more time talking about Mickelson, but anyway, uh, let's talk about the, the, the golf ball rollback. Rory McIlroy yesterday uh, on his Twitter account, uh, says this about the roll, rollback, which we spent. If by the way, if you want to hear all of our thoughts on the on the golf rollback, we uh, we did. I don't know, I'd say twenty twenty five minutes of it last week. Check out last week's podcast uh, wherever you're listening to this today. Uh, whether you're getting it on Twitter or Instagram, you can get it there at TDG Buffalo. Uh, but here's here's Rory's tweet. He says, "I don't understand the anger about the golf ball rollback. It'll make no difference whatsoever to the average golfer." Puts golf back on a path of sustainability. It'll also help bring certain skills. Back into the program that had been eradicated over the past two decades. Jeff, you did bring that up last time about the ball shaping and different ways you can do a little bit more. Uh, back to Roy. The people who are upset about this decision shouldn't be mad at the governing bodies. They should be mad at the elite pros and ball manufacturers because they didn't want the bifurcation. 
The governing bodies presented us with that option earlier this year. Elite pros and ball manufacturers think bifurcation would negatively affect their bottom lines, when in reality the game is already bifurcated. Do you think that we actually play the exact same club you do, the exact same ball you do? They put pressure on these governing bodies to roll it back to a lesser degree for everyone. Bifurcation was the logical answer for everyone, but yet in the, yet again in this game, money talks. That's you know, Rory. And my mind goes, I go back and forth on this. I, you know, I, I, I kind of, I, I, I understand what the USGA is trying to do. I do also see the side of the argument that hey, is it best thing for golf, right? And there is a good point there. There's a, there was already, I've already heard this, you know, they, they can make golf balls already that the average player is going to lose 2%. So at 200 yards, you're going to lose four yards if you can perceive that, right, as an average player, where the tour players would use, lose 6%. It's most probably just adding spin, softening up the cover, whatever they want to yep. do. Um, and I do think it's going to add a lot of shot making and a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff to the game as far as that level goes. And and we, I also think we react so viscerally to this because it's our game and everything. It's not going to make a difference, like he said, for 95% of the golfers. They, they won't notice a reduced ball or even if they play a reduced ball. It's not going to affect their game that much. And... I understand what the USGA and the RNA are trying to do to, to you know, hey, these are your, your, we are trying to protect, how, how, at what point do you stop? Where, where, you got to draw the line somewhere, and they drew the line, and uh, they, they let it go too far, and now they're just trying to push it back a little. I don't think they can ever push it back any further. Um, and the other thing, we also talked to driver so much easier to hit than the golf ball, you know, than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago also. So, uh, you know, I go back and forth. Do I, I think since it's going to happen, we might as well accept it and work with it and, you know, and, and enjoy what the players are going to do with the new golf ball and see what happens and, and look at it in that way as opposed to look at it, wow, they're not hitting it straight. You know, it's still going to be a great game. We're still going to watch the Masters. We're still going to watch the Open. We're still going to watch people bash it. So it's still, everything's going to be different, but it's just going to be a little different on that end. You don't. You don't agree, no, no, do no, no. I, here's what I'll say. I was angry when it came out, and then every time I come to this podcast, I hear him talk, and now I'm kind of, okay, I'm accepting. Yes. Accepting. Yeah. The best players in the world are still going to be for us to be in awe of and how their skills are on display. It, I, I don't think that I'm watching any less golf because McElroy's drive, instead of it going 347, goes 341. Like, I don't know if I'm... Am I not tuning in anymore? And if and when I'm playing out there, I guess, if my drive is four yards shorter or maybe over you're, the course... still oh, at 320. Over, that's right, that's right. <laughs> o- over the course of time, if in, if in essence maybe I'm taking one half more club on every single shot and that's happening to everybody that is playing at the same time, is that going to affect my enjoyment? I guess I'd like to say no. I mean, allure of golf that has always been is... How far can you hit it? Right. So I know that like that piece of it, and maybe it's ego that gets involved with everybody, that if we take a step back and say, look, this is going to ultimately be better for the professional game. It'll be better for courses. And I know, you know there's the environmental piece of it. It's the fact that maybe all of these outstanding courses that have to keep expanding for professional events uh, don't have to keep doing that. You know, f- as far as me going out there, playing you know, on a public course here in Buffalo, New York, I guess, in the end, maybe it doesn't really affect that much. Does this give give, uh, superintendents and other people who set up golf courses, too, the opportunity to tee it forward a little bit? Yeah. And and that'll help speed of play. All all the things that we always talk about with that, but here's the moment to do it, 
right, and say, hey, we're, we're going to move this tea box or we're going to move where we traditionally put the, the white tees or the blue tees and, and, and go when, forward. When I was at golf facilities, that's you always wanted to do, you wanted people to have a, a good day and have more fun. So you always push the tees a little forward. Maybe the pins are a little easier on most days than they would be. The other thing is, you know, you can still hit it far. You can create more speed if you want to hit it further. And, it, it, you know, 95% of the tour players are hitting fades. So we're pretty straight ball. Hey, if they want to hit a little further, guess what? I'll just turn it down a little. I'm going to yeah. sling a little draw out there, and I'll hit it just as far. So you, you just maybe you got to add a little. The game has become, I don't know that the golf ball goes too far. I think it goes too straight, if that makes sense, right? The ball goes far, straight, and high, and it's just so hard to curve it. So maybe with the new golf ball, like I, like I've talked about, like I, watching guys turn down hooks on par fives and you know like uh, and stuff like that, where they're trying to hit it further, might be something we start to see and you add some of the shot making to the game, and maybe it opens up the game to someone who's not a basher. Maybe you can play the game without being the longest six three dunk a basketball, you know, throw the football a hundred yards guy, and and go out there and compete at the highest level because even though you may not be the greatest athlete in the world, which is basically what all these guys are now. They're all really high-end athletes, really well-trained, really physically fit. Maybe now it'll bring that, maybe it'll level out the field for, you know, the the average, the, the, the guys that don't hit the Brian Harmons. You know what I mean? Maybe they compete a little more successfully now, if that makes sense. Well, I'm going to bring it full circle here. To me, i got to get my hands on the new golf balls, come to Golf Dojo, and get my new numbers. So I love it. It might be a little bit. Might be a little bit. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it'll be this spring. Fair enough. They won't have those golf yeah, do, do they have a Do they have a date? Yeah. Anybody know? Well, they're going to start to institute. I imagine there's a delay. You can't you can't put it January 1st and then have it effective right away. Tiger in his press conference said something to the effect of uh, the late 2020s. Yeah, I didn't think it right. was going to be and, this. And, and that, was the, first, immediate, that yeah. was the first tell that we might be two or three years out. And oh, yeah. I guess the other question I have, maybe you guys already know the answer, but this, okay, this is USGA and RNA. So I'm thinking US Open, USGA events. The PGA uh, the Tour can still do what the they PGA want. The PGA Tour can do what they the want. Masters Live can, can do what they want. So are we going to have tournaments that allow different balls now? Yeah, I I would be surprised once this rule kicks in that they would have something like that. It, just because yeah. it would muddy everything. You'd hope the, that it would all be the same. And Rory yeah. even said, he goes, look, even if he said this, he goes, even if there's different, even if I'm allowed to play a quote longer ball on the PGA Tour, he goes, I'll play the ball that I'm that I have to play yeah, Augusta, that you got. at Augusta mm -hmm. or the U.S. Open because mm -hmm. that's the tournaments Did, that I value used the most. To be, I want to get used. I don't to know if it's st yeah. still this case. I don't think it's still the case, but. The diameter of the ball between the British Open. That was a long, a long time, time ago. ago. Yeah, the British ball was smaller. Yeah. So they've yeah. had instances where tournaments have had different equipment, basically. And, Jeff, you say it every topic we bring up where there's any sort of talk about alterating the game, the best in the world are going to figure it out and still be the best in the world, right? Right. And golf's still yes. going to be super exciting to watch, and we're still going to love it. And, you know, and, and the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of excited to see shot-making kind of come back yeah. into the game instead of just bashing and and flipping wedges everywhere, you know, the bomb and gouge thing. It's still going to be bomb and gouge. We're not talking about, you know, a guy smashes a driver, goes only 280, it carries 260. You know, those things, that's not where it's going to be. Um, everybody's too good now. And Bryson's going to have to take a few more protein shakes. Well, too. we won't see Bryson because he's over on live anyway, so no one ever watches <laughs> those guys play golf. Yeah. It's been interesting. I think the, the, the rollout, and I get they're not really rolling it out, but all of the, the stuff that's leaked, they, they haven't done a good job of explaining that for, for the average guy – you're not going to feel a difference, right? It really, it really isn't going to be that different. Do they want to say that though? You know what I mean? That maybe they they might not 
that might all not manufacturers be the are cringing probably of how this is going to be marketed, right? Sure, but 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 doesn't that put people at ease and say, say oh, okay, wait, this it's is, almost condescending? I think if you're uh, fair, yeah, fair yeah, yeah. If I'm running that, if I'm the, they, they're obviously not. They're, this, they're about golf. They're they're marketing or they're branding companies that I don't think they work too well. No, for that's the fair. USGA. The ball manufacturer companies, the Callaways, the TaylorMades, the Titleists of the world are going to have to figure out, okay, how, you know. Once they once they know what the hard rules are here, like now, what do we do next? Mm-hmm. Oh, good right. luck as a as a club professional trying to monitor this. Yeah, because you got a whole championship yeah. with all the old golf balls. So it, it's like remember when the putting grip changed years ago? Like you went couldn't use those paddle grips. Wasn't that, there the the wedge change? The wedge, the that's where I was going to bring up. That was the, the one that I remember. Yeah. The, the I guess that wasn't too far back. Yeah. So all those things they take time to work those in, and then they grandfather them in. So this is not happening this spring. Remember not, Phil's you, ping wedge that was grandfathered in with the U grooves oh, from the, the 80s? And oh, the box grooves. Yeah. yeah, and then people used to take used to take scouring things and try oh, to yeah. gouge our wedges out to get as much space in there as possible, and that was illegal yeah. after a while. So then you wanted them rusty so they would grip a little better, which really doesn't work that nope. much. But um, but I, I, it's going to take a while for all this to, to settle and golf balls to change and golf balls will be grandfathered in and it might be a local rule too. So for a long time at your club championship or whatever, you can play whatever ball because there's no, we're going to talk about with the one ball rule. In effect, you can play the old balls until probably 2030, I'm going to guess, before they... Fully, yeah, before implement. they fully implement something like this. So, so when you're searching the woods and you find an old Pro V1, you're like, yes. No, no, no. This, <laughs> it won't be any good. Because <laughs> a new Pro V1. That's true. It'll re- be. When they redo them, are going to be even better. And they're yeah. going to spin the way and they're going to be, comp- you know, they, it's not It's not you're just going back to the old ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be a new ball that'll perform differently within the parameters. Okay. Well said. Tom Coppola from Golf Dojo here on our Winter Rules, Winter Rules podcast. One more time again, congratulations. New location opens up this Friday, Niagara Falls Boulevard, and uh, mygolfdojo.com for more information. They can come in and see you or Max or Jeff and uh, get more information there, but uh, congrats again. Thank you so much, guys, and thanks for having me today. Yeah, Looking forward to, uh, to seeing it in person here. All right, that'll do it for another edition of our Winter Rules podcast presented by Golf Dojo. Uh, I want to thank Tom Coppola from Golf Dojo. The expertise, as always, from Jeff and Jeff, Jeff Medis, Jeff Blank. I'm Brian Colziel. Be sure to follow us on our social media handles on Instagram and Twitter at t to g buffalo We'll talk to you next time on our Winter Rules podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week right here on t to green on our Winter Rules podcast.